0: Hey there, I'm Mike. Some of you know me from the Twisted Cape. Some of you know me because why the bottom? Why the basement? Why we got good shit? Don't embrace it. But regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics, and that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. Aw, hell! And my thickies welcome to the show everyone recording as always at thickness central and welcome back to season two of mike's thick stack really quick just want you to pay attention to all the twisted cape social feeds because there'll be an announcement coming up very soon about some stuff that you can has that's right you can has stuff as always we start with the city shout outs first off want to give a me- Big hearty thank you to those in Dublin, Ireland, checking us out. Our friends in Brussels, thank you for coming on back. We appreciate you. We love you. Thanks so much. L.A., out in Los Angeles, California, we finally made it to the big time. Thank you so much, Nashville, Tennessee, and Knoxville, Tennessee. Y'all rock. Thank you so much for coming out. And finally, Mountain View, California, thank you so much for your continued support. Trust me, we appreciate every single time you guys check in and listen. So, thanks for coming back and listening friends. And now we'll boogie on over to Mike's thickometer. Oh yeah, Mike's thickometer. So thick this week, I call it thicky Martin. This week clocks in at a 5 out of 10. It's sufficiently thick. Like a like a turkey leg. Thick like a turkey leg. The stack this week has a huge Marvel advantage, so we're going to get to work starting with the DC books and get those knocked out, starting with Batman, number 114. I gave this a 2.5 out of 5. Fear State rolls on with Miracle Molly, Batman, Simon Satan, the Magistrate colliding all in different ways. Also, more Clown Hunter stuff, so I'm going to try and avoid that as much as possible. Anyway... Miracle Molly discovers how she thinks Scarecrow is going to enforce his, his plan of enacting a fear state. Meanwhile, Scene is trying to rein in his peacekeepers with other peacekeepers? Uh, Batman tries to intervene to keep people safe, but that quickly turns. There's a bunch of explosions. It's ugly, y'all. Real, real ugly. Molly rescues him and tries to help out. Clown Hunter's story continues, but ends with him being rescued by a red robin. The less said about that, the better. We're just going to keep it sweet, short, and simple. Pros are the art in this. If nothing else, this book looks amazing, especially that Ivy design. Redheads and freckles, my friend. Redheads and freckles. It's my kink. Cons for me are the story and the continuation of Clown Hunter, just in general. I'm just so sick of this character. Just done. And the story really meanders for me in this issue. Nothing really significant happened to me, and that's disappointing, especially since I'm plunking down hard-earned money for this. They don't sponsor the show, y'all. They don't sponsor the show, and uh, pay me, DC. Just saying. Anyway, moving on to Justice League Infinity number four. Uh, I gave this a 4.25 out of 5. This continuation of the animated series delves into the multiverse even further with a strange twist. Twist! What a twist! I'm so sorry. Amazo is still a problem, and Diana is stuck with Darkseid, who's loved this universe's Wonder Woman, which gets awkward and simultaneously sad real quick. Meanwhile, the League is rocketing through the multiverse and discovers that Amazo is responsible for what's happening. Hades, who is secretly an anti-life creature, shows up and fights Diana and begins to steal her life force, and Darkseid intervenes, losing his life in the process. Pros are Darkseid's story and the art style. I love the Justice League Unlimited series, and the art there was special to me, and replicating that in this series is awesome. I also love that I felt empathy for Darkseid, who is not a good guy at all. But, you know, strength of story here. Nice job, and Mattias. Uh, Cons focused on shoehorning in drama with the League instead of really focusing on Diana and Darkseid, which held the stronger story in this issue but i mean i get it it's called justice league not wonder woman all right those are the two DC books so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and take our break and then we're gonna jump into the marvel books so check out some stuff from the hashtag Inert circle some stuff from us buy our hoodies because it's cold out and we'll be back in just a minute see you soon Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. Hey, everybody. Sam here from the Twisted Cape. If you haven't already done so, be sure to check out the Twisted Cape's Public page, which we have live right now for you to Purchase any and all of your clothing needs with Twisted Cape logos on them. We got shirts, socks, maybe. Wow. We got other shirts with hoods on them, and they have longer sleeves. So warm. We got everything you could ever want with Twisted Cape logos on them. So, again, please be sure to check out the Twisted Capes T Public page. Check out the link in the description, and be sure to pick up your favorite stuff right now. Thanks, everybody. And now, back to Mike's Thick Stack. And we're back. After a short break. After a short set of titles. With a longer set of titles. Titles, titles, titles. Alright, I'm sorry wasting everybody's time at this point we're gonna go ahead and start with the marvel stuff starting with amazing spider-man number 75 it gave us a 4.25 out of 5 the next chapter of the amazing spider-man called beyond starts here with some real status quo changes after the aftermath of kindred peter is dealing with problems by not dealing with them because he's just running away when he runs across ben riley who has retaken the spider-man mantle due to the beyond corporation They give him a suit, uh, a bunch of upgrades so that he can superhero properly, because I guess Pete was doing it wrong. Anyway, they run across the UFOs, and Ben's suit really protects him from some radiation that pops off, but Peter gets incredibly sick and collapses. Then we get two backup stories that are sure to be important later uh, about, I guess, the people around Ben. Uh, Pros are story and art overall. I love how this book feels fresh and fun again. I love the art in this, especially the emotions in the faces. Uh, Gleason really nails that part of this book. The biggest con to me is how Ben and Peter are so immature with each other. For all intents and purposes, they should be able to communicate more as well as better, and it, it winds up putting one of them into pretty serious danger. But overall, can't wait to see how this book continues to develop. Next up, we have Captain Marvel, number 33. I gave this a 3.75 out of 5. Last of the Marvels continues, teaming Carol and her squad with Kamala while dealing with Vox even more. So Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel get into a nice old-fashioned team-up, but it turns when Carol sees Spectrum being held by one of these weird suits. Carol's crew shows up, and Carol works even harder to save Kamala, who ends up with Iron Man, thanks to her sister, L'Oreal. Carol gets trapped by Vox and yeeted directly into space. Uh, The pros uh, are the Marvel U as well as the development of this story. I love the constant presence of multiple characters from various parts of the Marvel Universe. I also like how Vox has multiple Captain Marvels under his control. That makes him a formidable force. Cons are how easily it feels like Carol is overtaken. She's one of the strongest characters in the universe and it seems that that constantly gets negated. Next up we have champions, number 10, I gave this a 3.5 out of 5. The champions take on the chaperone bots from Roxxon as this title wraps up. So as I said, the team takes on a bunch of chaperones, think uh, sentinels from X-Men, but hunting teen heroes instead of mutants. Which Neither one of these feels great guys, they, they both just feel terrible. Anyway, Miriam discovers that Andre has launched them without approval and stops him as the champions fight to keep the teens on the street safe. Miriam discovers that Andre has launched them without approval and stops him as the champions fight to keep the teens on the street safe. The team regroups and finds its way to being friends again. There's a post credit scene, I guess you can call it, featuring Andre and Miriam clearly teasing something down the line. The pros for me include the art style and the young adult format, which are kind of the same thing in this instance. The book is incredibly accessible to younger readers, both in style and in substance. There's not a ton of continuity, and if you're a first-time comic book reader, this is a great title to start with, with some pseudo-popular characters uh, along the way. I'm sure they'll both explode uh, in popularity later, but it is what it is for now cons for me are that it never felt like anyone was in actual danger She's like sure there was action but it almost didn't feel like it needed superheroes teenage or otherwise next up we have dark ages number two i gave this a 4.25 out of five before i dive into this i want to say that dark ages number one did not make it into my pull list when it came out so the episode um, uh, maybe two episodes ago. It should have been in there, but it was not. I apologize for that. Um, just know it's really good. Just know it's really, really good. I'd probably give it like a 4.75 out of 5. Anyway, so a synopsis here is that the heroes rebuild, experience a betrayal, and a villain makes his move. The world is falling apart without power, and the heroes are using their compassion to find another way. They rebuild society with a really steampunk vibe. At night, they protect their villages with web security systems thank you to the spiders and hero sentries as they are attacked by monsters vampires and others at night cap shows up to talk to iron man and takes him outside where he's given to apocalypse cap is actually mystique and apocalypse is collecting big brains like reed richards and reary williams and controlling them with the purple man as he creates power again via his conduit in magneto pros are hope and darkness in this series both literal and figurative there's a lot of play with lighting and shadows and additionally the story has themes of of light versus darkness the cons for me are apocalypse using magneto as his power conduit i feel like this i think that this feels like a stretch when there are other options for creating power especially when you're looking at the mutant family next on the docket we have Darkhold alpha which i gave a 3.5 out of 5. This is the jump off for a mystical title centered on Dr. Doom and Scarlet Witch that expands into a set of champions. Wanda is disturbed by a nightmare warning her of, um, I'm gonna fuck this name up, uh, Kithon, Kithon, C-H-T-H-O-N, Chithon, I'm gonna say Kithon cause that's, it's easier. Uh, so warning her that Kithon is coming and as Doom is looking into the Darkhold they agree to work together, which Doom kind of immediately goes back on. Wanda summons the Darkhold Defenders, which in this case would be Iron Man, Blade, Wasp, Black Bolt, and my boy Spider-Man. After a quick almost clash with Victorious, Wanda explains the stakes, and everyone agrees to help, except Black Bolt. But then a rough-looking Doom shows up through a portal, effectively causing him to change his mind. These Darkhold Defenders read from the book you shouldn't read from, and then get changed to monstrous versions of themselves and are now called the Darkhold Defiled. The pros are that I loved this as a start for a series. It's fun, establishes the stakes almost immediately, and has an art style that connects with me a ton. The cons are that, man, do a bunch of heroes who've lived through multiple end-of-the-world scenarios as well as personal world-altering situations make dumb and desperate decisions for literally no reason. The Darkhold isn't new, and under no circumstances should they read from it without ensuring some kind of backup. Anyway, moving on, we have Excalibur, number 24. I gave this a 3.25 out of 5. The trial of the Captain's Britain kicks off in this issue, but that trial quickly becomes something else. First of all, did you know the plural of Captain is Captain's? Captain's Britain? Not Captain Britain's? It's weird. Anyway... Captain Britain starts by going to the Vampire Kingdom as the team goes about their business spread across other worlds. Uh, Betsy goes and sees Death to gather information, Apocalypse's kid Death, uh, who casually just is like, hey man, Storm uh, Storm, thinking about me, bro? She's thinking about me? She's trying to, trying to slide in my DMs? <laughs> anyway, as the trial begins, Merlin interrupts alongside King Arthur attempting to reclaim Avalon, and it seems to devolve into straight up war. Pros are that I love what Betsy is doing in this issue, and that I love using the Arthur Merlin dynamic in an X-Men book called Excalibur. Betsy is out here setting up pieces to be useful later. Also I'm a big fan of fantasy stuff, so Arthur, particularly the fact that he's not a great dude is nice to have in this book. Cons for me are that the pacing really seems off. It may be deliberate, but it seems like it's plotting at times, while the rest is like accelerant being poured on a fire. I'm not sure. Anyway, we have Hellions number 16 up next, which I gave a 3.25 out of 5. The Hellions deal with the f- fallout of Sinister's betrayal and the team tries to find its way forward. The newly elected X-Men team shows up to save Sinister, or is it a Sinister clone? I'm not sure. Uh from being beheaded. After they leave the Healing Gardens, the team fractures. Nanny tells Peter to be- go and become a man. Quannage sends Wild child away, almost right out of Old Yeller, and she also tells Cyclops that she's leaving for Koa. Emma tells Alex they're looking to resurrect Madeline Pryor, and Empath gets his part of the deal that he and Emma set up prior to this issue. Grey Crow is definitely looking to kill Empath for all the things that he's done as well. Nanny ends up destroying a ship with the babies that are attempted to be stolen from her. The pros are this book has a lot of moving parts and it never feels like it's slowing the book down or holding it back. The cons for me are that I don't really care for the nanny stuff at all. She's just, eh, to me. Moving into our last two books here, we start with New Mutants, number 22. I gave this a three out of five. The New Mutants attempt to deal with Shadow King as the kids go to confront Shadow King about what he's done to them and cut ties. So the New Mutants are in the mindscape and squaring up against all Shadow King can send at them. They eventually sit down and he explains that he's seen civilizations crumble because they got soft and he fears this for Krakoa. Meanwhile, the kids, including Gabby, figure out some stuff around the depth of their friendship and opt to confront Shadow King together and say that, hey, we're done with you, dude. Done, we're fucking done. They discover that he's standing over the New Mutants team pledging that they will all learn. You wanna learn today. Anyway, pros are that I love the art on this book, and I'm a fan of both squads that are a part of this book. I love the style being utilized in this book all the time, and I'm not tired of it, even in the slightest. I love both sets of teams, as it were, in this book. They interact so well together, and it's delightful. The cons for me are that I feel like Shadow King is trying to fill the void left by Apocalypse, and that's not really... Possible in my mind. Nice try, Farouk, but ultimately, stand your lane, bruh. Finally, here we have Savage Avengers number 25. I gave this a 3.5 out of 5. Conan teams up with Kang for some power-ups and some time-filled bullshit, and it just might work. Kang and Conan, who is sporting Doctor Doom's armor, team up to try to take down Coolin Gath, who's basically unstoppable at this point. Conan armors up with a of huge artillery from the Marvel U, and goes after Cool and Gaff. He takes down all of Gaff's foot soldiers easily, but the fight with the sorcerer doesn't go so well. In fact, he ruins Doom's armor, takes and eats the Venom symbiote, rips out Conan's still-beating heart, and eats it in front of him. It's kind of a downer to end on, but it is what it is. The pros are always going to be art on this book. It captures a lot of Mike Diodato's Jr.'s style without it being a carbon copy. It's also fun to incorporate Kang, well, because it's Kang. I mean, how do I say no to that? The cons for me are that it feels like there's really no way out, but there's probably some time-centered fuckery with Kang involved, so I just hope it doesn't feel cheap later on. All right, you know what time it is, baby. It's time for that weekly ranking. So uh, with 11 books overall, here's how it shakes out. In your top spot, you have Dark Ages number 2, Number two, you have Amazing Spider-Man number seventy-five. Coming in after that, Justice League Infinity number four. Following that up, Captain Marvel number thirty-three. Next up, we have Savage Avengers number twenty-five. Then Darkhold Alpha. Weird that that didn't actually have a number; just Alpha. Then you have Champions number ten, Excalibur number twenty-four, Hellions number sixteen, New Mutants number twenty-two, and bringing up the rear, Batman. Number 114. As we start to wrap up, if you want to be on the show, hit us up on Twitter. Either me directly at SpiderMike29 or at The Twisted Cape. Looking ahead, the next week, I'm looking forward to reading from Marvel, Amazing Spider Man number 76, The End of Immortal Hulk, Immortal Hulk number 50, and Iron Man number 30, from DC, Superman and the Authority number 4, Challenge of the Super Sons number 7, and The Joker number 8. Make sure you follow us on all our socials, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, all at the Twisted Cape, no spaces, and a link is in the show notes. We do a weekly show on YouTube, and we stream on Twitch at least once a week. As far as all the others, if you follow us, we follow you in return. If you really like us and our shows, feel free to grab some of our merch from TeePublic, which has a link in the show notes, and there's sales all the time, especially in the month of November, if that's when you're listening to this, like every week you can get that shit like 35% off if not more finally feel free to shoot some feedback on this show to thetwistedcape at gmail.com and make sure you use the subject line MTS and a special shout out to my boy Wes for helping me out with the music that you hear under the comic book reviews so thanks for tuning in so until next time I'm begging begging you so put your loving hand out baby stay safe wear a mask please get that vaccine and most importantly stay twisted Yeah.